Welcome to another episode of Matrix Assassins, and we're here tonight with a very special guest. He is the author of the novel Lucid Sacred Dreams, a free thinker, a conspiritualist, if you will, a comedian. He also has his own podcast. And last but certainly not least, he's a fellow Matrix Assassins. Welcome, Conrad. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm I'm honored and I'm excited to see how this goes. I've been kicked off two podcasts that you guys don't know about, so I'm 50-50 with my guest appearances. Wait, I'm really? Just, You've been p- kicked off? <laughs> I was about to say, like, let's, let's dish it out. Give us the hot no, pot. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate this. Of course. So um, we're super excited to have you as our first ever interviewer or no, I'm the interviewer. You're the interviewee. That's how that works. Um, But I guess for our audience and whoever's listening, I think, you know, who we are, we're all transforming and going through so many processes. So I guess for our audience, as of March 23rd, 2021, (laughs) who is our friend Conrad? Wow, that's a very deep Maybe maybe that's a shallow question. I don't know. I guess it depends on the day. But um, uh, I'm like everyone else. I'm probably like all three of you. I'm just somebody who's interested in raising my personal awareness, coming to some conclusions of this world in terms of like what is true versus not, and just not accepting the narratives that are presented to us as you know the way it has to be. And I think for my own like personal journey. That's sort of where it starts. There's just this idea that everything that has been given to us on a platter to just accept as the way it is, it just never felt right. And even as a child, I'd kind of like look around and just be like something. Just I, I was always like, I guess I was kind of an oddball in a way. Not the people that like made fun of me or anything like that. I'm pretty vicious. So if anyone tries to make fun of me, I usually <laughs> clap back twice, <laughs> twice as hard. So, But in terms of being like a loner. And just sort of viewing the world and just like, what's going on here? So that's kind of Conrad is just somebody who's constantly investigating, questioning. And then in my own journey, recently in the past, I don't know, a couple of years, there was that, that reawakening to that spiritual aspect, which seems to align with the idea of chasing after some higher form of truth. So I don't know if that's a good answer, but that's a good starting point for me in terms of who Conrad is. <laughs> As that's I speak a third person. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that I mean, in terms of not fitting in, I can totally, I have that same sentiment, just things just never really seemed right. Or um, I just never like, okay, this is how the world works. And this is what we're supposed to do. And it's just, right. it's kind of like unsettling. And yeah, I, I totally get that. And I think too, like people that are um, awakening to that aspect have always felt that mm. in a sense. And I think, have have you heard of Indigo Children? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Um, recently, I've sort of reinvestigated that concept. I have a couple of shaman friends that, like, the first time I met them, uh, well, they would, they, not the first time they told me, but the first time that we actually met and they saved this information for later <laughs> is they told me that I had, like, an aura that matched up with that. You know, I haven't really um, investigated it in terms of, like, 
is this fact or versus fiction? Ultimately, I don't think there's really any way to prove it. But I do love the concept of this idea that, you know, Earth is this certain plane of reality. If we want to call it a matrix, some 3D holographic realm, maybe it's like a school purgatory. Who knows, mm-hmm. you know, what it is. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. It, it feels like it sometimes. It does, it does, right? Um, but this idea that there's these people who sort of reinsert themselves back into this this matrix or this game, this simulation or whatever, with the hope or the, the mission that might be awakened later in life to help them find some kind of meaning of just raising the consciousness, changing the narrative, moving humanity away from this, you know, this nine to five mortgage is your life, slave to the economy matrix that even if you don't believe in conspiracy, it's pretty obvious that's at least in Western civilization is what we've all been led to believe is the proper way to exist in society. So the idea of an indigo child, as far as I understand it, is someone who wishes to just break that all apart. So when you talk about like your podcast, you know, you guys are the matrix assassins. I'm guessing that all three of you probably have similar, even if you don't identify as an indigo child, I'm pretty sure that the reason why all three of you are on here right now is because you have those same, uh, you know, similar desires. Am I wrong or am I right? (laughs) That's completely correct. Yeah. I feel like um, it's so interesting because I think this whole community, it's like organizing itself. Um, I almost feel like it was sort of, kicked off even more with the whole lockdown pandemic. I think people have had so much more time to do research and to really go inward. Um, So I've always thought that, you know, starting this podcast was to, was a way to kind of like build that community. Cause I think a lot of us feel pretty isolated in our like nine to five normal lives where there's only like a very small number of people that I could count on like one hand that I feel comfortable actually expressing any of these ideas with. Um, and I've also felt the same way. Like I, I feel like I've always been this way ever since I, I was a kid. Um, but it's just kind of over time developed more and more. Um, and for me, I think it was just, you know, like nine 11 was a huge impetus moment mm-hmm. for me. Like I just kind of, I think that was just, you, you know, everyone knows where they were at that moment. And I, I sort of saw how everything was like falling out after that with the, you know, all the laws that were changing at the time. So I, yeah. And and Murph, you can speak to how you kind of feel like you got into this as well. Yeah. I was, I was just kind of thinking of today at the gym, I had a weird, like, this is a matrix moment. There's a guy that just, (laughs) he wears a mask in the sauna all the time. And then (laughs) he came in, he came in today and he was just sitting there and he, he told me, he goes, ah, I got I got my first shot yesterday. I was like, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I get my second one thing. And he's like, oh, I asked the doc. He told me this corny joke, and maybe he's just a bad uh, comedian. But he was like, oh, the, I asked the doctor, is uh, am I going to grow a tail from this? And he, then I left the sauna, went to the shower, heard him talking to somebody else, dropping the joke. Then when I was at my locker, I heard him saying that. I was like, this just. I'm in the matrix here. It's, it's on repeat. Who is yeah, this guy? Over and over and over. It was, it was weird. It's like, get me out of here. Here's, here's the thing with that is I feel like people, when you kind of realize like these matrix moments, you see people that are running on scripts. And um, for like for that moment right there, I feel like, you know, that person is running their own script and they're just kind of running on like this unconscious type of level. And I think about me and how many times, you know, I've been running on my own scripts and uh, trying to break out of that because 
and that's part of like being in the matrix is when you do the same thing every single day, the past is really creating its future. And so mm. on some level you do have, you know, some types of some type of random event, but if you're doing the same thing every single day, there's really not much that's going to be changed and you have this trajectory that you're going to be on. And for me that's kind of sad, like that's that's life. Right. And so definitely, you know, breaking out of that and by no means I was telling Nicole like by no means am I legit a matrix assassins hopefully by the end of this journey I am <laughs> but I'm just on the journey of learning um the you know learning other people's perspectives on it and right. bringing our audience along for the ride because at the end of the day Neo never leaves the matrix hmm, um and that's kind of like you know is it once we find out what the end all is, if we ever will, <laughs> you know, I think the whole point is to understand that there is a matrix so that you can live the most beautiful, free, random life and kind of utilize it for the benefit of the collective. Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm at today on March 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> We're asking in two weeks and we'll see how I feel, you know. We'll see, we'll see you out on tax day if you have the same <laughs> April 15th. Yes, good old tax day. Um, so you live in California, correct? Yeah, I do. Crazy. So I'm actually originally from New York. Taxes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, but I'm on the West Coast and I was going to, you know, start going to comedy clubs and stuff like that. And then. Everything shut down. So mm. I, have really, I have really good timing in life. <laughs> yeah, you're killing it. <laughs> yeah. But were you, so you guys are all, all three. Well, no, you, um, Nicole, you said you're in Northern, Northern Virginia. Uh, Vilo, you're in Florida. And then Murph, where Florida. are you from? Yeah. Florida, too. Okay. So, I mean, Florida, do you guys, so even in Florida where supposedly it's the most relaxed, you still have people in saunas wearing masks oh, yeah. talking about vaccines. That's yeah, hard. even afterwards, I went to Chipotle and this older guy was walking across to the to the entrance and he was like oh i forgot my mask again you're fine you don't need it he goes you're right i, I got the vaccine i'm good to go i was like either way <laughs> you're fine <laughs> oh, goodness i saw it's I just saw weird how into a home. you know like the uh, vila said they just they live on a script you know they're just so programmed yeah. to just i've been told this even though they witness firsthand you know contradicting or things that make you go why but they just continue to go by what they're told yeah i wonder if um you know part of me thinks that it's it's the relation not the relation but the um just like the fear mechanism uh, the idea that everything you knew is a lie and then you have to start this journey that maybe just feels like a giant headache so maybe it's like a combination of fear and just like you know we're conditioned especially in america western civilization you know, you can click a button and you can pretty much get anything you want delivered to your home. And all you, all that's required is this magic number in your bank account mm-hmm. in order to get basically anything. You see what I'm like? There's very, even mm-hmm. now, you know, so many jobs have transitioned to just, you just open up a laptop like we're doing right now and you just, you roll out of bed and now you're, you're making, you know, you can make six figures doing that easy. So it's just like, there's very, I don't know, we've been, it's like those cycles, you know, and it's like we're at that point in history, in my mind anyways, where it's very easy to just accept whatever is being told to us as fact because we already are conditioned in this sort of easygoing lifestyle. And it's like if you can just lay in bed all day, then, I mean, who who even cares 
if there's restrictions or guidelines because you're kind of self-imposing your own limited reality when you just stop choosing to, you know, experience whatever this is, get out there. And that's why for me personally, um, like I'd say like three years ago, maybe now, I don't know, three, four years ago is when I really started to reconnect back to nature and just getting out in nature, breathing the fresh air, going on hikes, you know, going to the ocean, jumping in the ocean, you know, that's, I don't know. Um, like one, one thing that can maybe ignite people is if you want to take a cold shower in the morning and I don't like, if you want to clean yourself in warm water first, I understand that. Cause sometimes people don't think that they feel clean while they're using soap and cold water, but try, I challenge people to when you're, after you're done, then turn it to ice cold and just try to count to 30 seconds and see what happens. Because suddenly, like, this aspect of what it means to be, like, an organic being starts to fire all around, and you start to realize you are, in some sort of way, like, this physical being. Even if you're a spiritual being having a physical experience, it's kind of interesting. Anyways, I just wanted to rant there, so I'm shut up. So I, I have a question I'm, I'm, about I'm that. the cold showers. Do you follow Wim Hof? <laughs> What's that? Do you follow Wim Hof? His breathing methods? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, I, I actually... I haven't done it in a long time, but the very first time that I ever tried his breathing methods, like it was a pretty trippy experience. It was like Jeez. my brain was like, whoa, like you're <laughs> holding that breath after doing all the deep. Have you guys, have any of you guys tried no, it? I got to give it a yeah, shot. So it's it's yeah. wild. You have to like hold your breath and you can kind of feel your heart while you're holding your breath. You can like hear your heart beating in your ears. And, it, mm. and then he's kind of telling you like, okay, you hear your heartbeat. Like now try to slow your heartbeat down. Um, and so it's, it's, it's intense, but he's actually really well known for his cold plunges and his cold showers. And he yeah. talks about that a lot. So I definitely agree with you. A question. Oh, no, I was just going to say it actually has healing benefits, um, especially yes. with immunity. So I've heard, um, it's a good way to kind of like activate your immune system. When you expose yourself to that cold temperature, your body just like goes into that fight mode. Um, yep. So I feel like that's it, it, that's kind of like a good trajectory to go on because I think we wanted to talk about detox and like and get into yeah. the the pineal gland stuff. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I wanted I like to it. ask you what your number one detox methods might be, and also any that okay. that are like spe- specifically targeting um, the pineal gland because we've okay. we're really interested in that. We we really so, yeah. So go for that. I want to hear it. Okay. Yeah. So. I have a few. Thank you. I love this question. This is, I haven't really thought about the pineal gland in a long time for some reason. Um, but I'll give you a couple and some, I don't know. Everything, everyone's different. So everyone's mm-hmm. experience is different. But the very first time I had someone on my podcast and they were telling me about the pineal gland in terms of like detoxing it, a couple tips they give that I tried out. One is lighting a candle mm-hmm. and just like meditating, staring at the, with open eyes, staring at the candle. And for whatever reason, staring at the flame starts to play with your third eye for some reason. I, I would confirm that as a fact based on my own experience. Another one is turmeric. And you can make like a tu- turmeric paste and you can like just put it on your third eye and then again, meditate or not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that is pretty, I, I would say I had positive um, impacts with that. Another just really super simple one if you're just a lazy person, and I always love recommending this one is my favorite form of meditation is just laying on my back. Right? Oh, yeah. And then if you just grab like a, like maybe a, a clear quartz crystal, not like a giant one, but one that would fit over like, you know, the middle of your forehead. Um, not so not super big, maybe a triangle quartz or something like that. And if you put that on there, close your eyes, maybe put music on, maybe not just relax. 
you, you're going to be surprised how quickly that thing starts. Like you're going to feel the physical beating of it. And it's like, wait, this is, this is supposed to be hocus pocus <laughs> nonsense, but yet I'm having a physical reaction mm-hmm. in real time. And I'm, you know, and I'm having these experiences. And then one more, which is a sneaky one. Uh, shaman friend told me this one. Um, and this is kind of like overall, maybe not directly linked to the third eye. Um, but, um, what was it? Organic molasses. If you take a shot of organic molasses every single day or a couple times a week anyways, maybe every other day, you'd be surprised what sort of weird sort of mystical unlocking capabilities uh, can come with that. Those are four things that I can personally verify and I w- that are super easy to try. And I always, you know, anyone out there listening that's going to call BS on this, I would say that's your right and that's your privilege and I'm not, I'm not here to convince you one way or the other. But if you are curious in the idea of sort of like experimenting with what it means to be like a like a spiritual being that's that's trying to activate this mysterious pineal gland those are some ways that i think if you go in with with the right intent you could have positive results that's awesome i honestly have not heard of one of those methods so i think it's awesome to have to have four more to kind of add to the list because i know Collectively, like we've talked about, I think, in, you know, one of our previous podcasts about fluoride and about just the Mm. amount of chemicals that are kind of like dumped into our atmosphere, you know, like into our environment and sort of trying to counter that by, you know, eliminating the fluoride in the water, getting the right filters, sort of like detox, you know, like um, Velo and I both have um, infrared saunas. Murph was just talking about the sauna that he goes to. So just kind of incorporating all these things to sort of give yourself a little bit of an edge over the damage that's been done over the years. Absolutely. The infrared sauna is, is it hot or what does it feel like? I've never, I've heard of that. I've never done it. It's really hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has settings so you can control like how hot or not you want it to be. Um, Right. But I think the premise too of the infrared sauna, it's not, it doesn't get instantaneously hot as it would like a normal sauna. It heats up your body from the inside out. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's that's, intense. It's actually wild. like right over there. It's like, <laughs> it's like a little ig- igloo. People are like, what is that? And I'm like, it's my sauna healing portal. <laughs> after a long day of being in the matrix. Have you guys heard of uh, light, um, light lamps medita- like, like, for meditation? Like red lights? And- no. Like UV, yeah. they like, they do pulsing. Yeah, I just recently um, I met this guy up at. Well, I, I went there and I met him, and I actually did an episode with him. Uh, it's got a, it's called Light Space with three eyes, and it's like you know you have the headphones on, you lay on this mat. It's connected to this thing called Plant Wave, which controls like the, the like it plays music based on the plant's mood. It's this new technology. Whoa. It's, like, it's merging. Yeah, it's really cool. That's plant awesome. Wave. I should be a sponsor. I yeah, that that's song. awesome. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, then, but then there's a UV light over you and you're just laying down and then it starts pulsing on your third eye and then you start to see things like, but it's wow. just white light. But like some people, in my experience, I've only done it once. I was seeing like rainbow, like fractals and stuff like that. It was really cool. And some people have like life, you know, everyone in their own meditation practice and journey and like they all have their own unique ways of seeing things. That's another thing. So there's just so much stuff out there that is like connected to the light, connected to just like these, not, I don't want to call them hidden technologies, but it's like this whole different way of viewing what it means to be a healthy person. And not only that, but like a healthy person that's activated in, for some other sort of realm of reality. 
And it's just funny how you'll never see this on the news. Exactly. They'll, they'll never a blue check mark will never tweet about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's just it's an, it's just really funny, and it's just more evidence to me that I mean the most perfect example is the lockdown itself, where at no point have they said you need, you should exercise or just take vitamins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about immunity. No. Actually, it's interesting. I was listening to um, a documentary today about just the COVID lockdowns in general. And one of the reasons why, a supposed reason for why we don't hear about that is because with the um, emergency use authorization for the vaccine, if there is another effective treatment out there or something that's shown to actually help you, you know, recover from COVID, then that authorization no longer should be in effect because the whole premise is that there's nothing available and you're dependent on the vaccine (laughs) in order to survive, basically. Just just more red tape nonsense BS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, With all the money that's gone behind it, it's sort of like the concept too big to fail. I see it Mm. with the the vaccine. It's too big to fail. So it's going to get pushed. They're also, what, what did you say? Um, it was like a billion dollar marketing that they're. Oh, they're um, so f- yeah, the recent COVID oh, Relief okay. Act, I believe they earmarked like one billion dollars from from that to go towards um, basically, I'll say propaganda, but yeah. to incentivize <laughs> and to put out like the marketing campaigns and the messaging to get people to incentivize into getting the vaccine and to, of course, wow, you know brainwash quote unquote them into it but that's just my opinion so <laughs> <laughs> well it's just funny that you know last spring people would have memes and stuff and like your favorite actor celebrity politician in six months is going to be telling you to get the vaccine and that's exactly what's of happening course. You know? yeah so it's just like at what point are these people who told you all this stuff was going to happen in the timeline that it happened? Mm-hmm. You know, at what point do you, do, does someone step back and say, "Oh, you might be onto something"? I don't know. It's just it's funny. Do you um, do you listen to Abraham Hicks at all? I'm familiar with him. I, okay. I don't. I've never like. I think I've seen like tweets and okay. probably like yeah, but I never like directly listened to him. So she is very. Um, oh, into, well, there like, you go. She- <laughs> so, everybody, everybody, like obviously, it's Abraham Hicks, but her real yeah. name is Esther. But she channels okay. this. Oh, cool! This being called Abraham Hicks. She's huge into law of attraction, big vortex. Mm. She's very big in like the spiritual community. And the other day, I saw her um, promoting the vaccine, and I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. I'm so, like, no, so taken back, like. Uh, even like the Dalai Lama, which I don't really follow yeah. the Dalai Lama. Like that's very, um, I guess like more, he's mainstream, which is so bizarre to even say the Dalai Lama is mainstream, but right. yeah, it's interesting to see, um, you know, like who's promoting it and who's not. Like and Pope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, I don't know. Did you guys hear about, um, the leader of Tanzania who recently died? <clears throat> yeah. And he, and he was like anti- he was anti uh, anything to do with COVID. Like he, he he didn't do any of the restrictions. Like he, there's like graphs showing that they just basically opened up. No one was dying, and then of course he died. Yes, so, at yeah, 61, I mean, they said of like heart complications or something. Actually, they attributed it to COVID that caused the complications. Course. Of course, it's- but of course everyone <laughs> everyone thinks it's pretty convenient. You know, it, I like to say a lot of times, you know, when people end up um, passing away. It's like they got, you know, they got suicided. Not that he got suicided because he didn't commit suicide, but it definitely seems like it's it's something that was a little bit 
sketchy for sure. Do you guys, do you guys think that um, there's more people out there than than it seems that are sort of, I guess, call it, let's just call it waking up because I don't know what else word to use? Or do you think like this NPC um, concept is way more prevalent than people actually are, are more people slowly but surely actually starting to say what's going on? What's your guys take on that? I love the NPC concept. <laughs> um, I think so it's interesting because I find myself living in like two different realms right now, like <laughs> friends with people that, you know, like you guys, and then also people that are, you know, my friends that have not awakened. Um, and I feel like I'm jumping back and forth. And my hope is one day that I can like live out my real Dharma and live mm. out my own thing. But I think it's all, I honestly think it's all relative. So of course I, it like how I feel right now is because I'm broadcasting more of this frequency. I'm finding more people that are like-minded. Um, but I, I really do. Be- I really do believe that NPC and I believe it's called, uh, it stands for non-player characters. Yeah. They're basically just fillers. They're <laughs> almost soulless beings. Yeah. Um, I have two theories about NPCs. I think that there are NPCs that will never awaken. And I also think that we as human beings can, we have the ability to become NPCs as we grow older. Um, and that's kind of with like the programming and, um, you know, if you feed somebody really comfortable food, you give them a nice cushy house, a nice warm house, a nice cushy job. A lot of people don't want to awaken because they're comfortable. I think it's more prevalent than, we would think I would say, I want to say, I, I don't know if I would do like a percentage, like 40%. Wow. What do you think? <laughs> That's a lot. Isn't that a lot? I know. I, I, I drive a lot for my work and I'm always like, I don't know if these are real, real people driving in, in, in these cars. Cause it's just wild that we're all not getting into any Where types of going? accidents. It just takes one person to be like, Rawr! and like, that yeah. never happens. I drive for hours for my job and it's just, it feels like I'm in a simulation sometimes. Wow. So I think about that, but also, you know, I'm bored with my thoughts. So I'm just kind of going into like my own rabbit holes. What do you yeah. think, Nicole? I don't think it's, I mean, I want to hope that it's more than I think, but if I had to quantify it into a percentage, I feel like it would maybe be 5% at the most optimistically, maybe 10. Uh, But yeah, I just don't feel as, I don't know. I don't feel as certain that it's as many, but I hope I'm wrong. Cause I, I was actually just thinking about it today. I was like, I wish there was somewhere. Cause I, it made me think about petitions. Like at least with a petition, sometimes you can see the number of people that agree and are like motivated enough to sign it. And I was thinking like, if there was only a way that we, there, like there was some way to collect, you know, like a list, but then it's kind of like that could be used against you in a sense. Like if we're all, you know, but I just want to know like how many like-minded people by topic or just like, you know, even like the community that we're in, how many are out there? You know, it's, it's hard to tell, but it's just, I think more people have um, started the awakening process. though during this lockdown, because like I said to Vilo and Murph, you know, after the first three months, I think like everybody pretty much binge watched every show they wanted to see. And after that, like, what were they left (laughs) to do with their time? You know, like it's definitely an issue. (laughs) All that's left is revolution. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I I do feel like there is like a big awakening that's occurring because people are like having to slow down. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, for me, I was so burned out with my job and then the shutdown happened. I'm like, this is, 
this is like FMLA. This is great, <laughs> except for no judgment here. Um, <laughs> but I also feel like there's another part where a lot of people consumed um, the narratives even more. Yeah. And now you can see like this manufactured emotion. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I think the infiltration is really strong on, on Instagram. Um, obviously, Instagram has a great community, but there's a lot of narratives that are being fueled in secret and people are not questioning it. And there's a lot of right. huge accounts that are gaining big followings. And I truly believe like all of those accounts have been infiltrated. Mm. Um, and, you know, especially everything that's kind of going on with. I think they tip the scale kind of, I don't know. It's hard. What do you, so for, for you, Conrad, like as far as like NPCs, like if you could do a popular, (laughs) like a percentage, what, what, what would you think? Uh, it's just me mm-hmm. and everything else is a projection <laughs> my own inner awareness. No, <laughs> the macro I mean, is the macro. You know, I would say, you know, obviously it's an idea I play with a lot. I don't know for sure. I go, I go all around in my own mind in terms of what this all is, but NPC or no NPC, I, I like, you know, NPCs can be, in my opinion, at least for me. It can be a little dangerous sometimes because it puts me in a position of judgment. It's like, oh, these people are just, they're just part of the matrix. They're, they're idiots. It is what it is. You know, um, I think there's something magical about the concept of even, like, let's say that there's NPCs and then there's people like us that are these creative, awakened, you know, souls that apparently are trapped in some matrix and maybe they're trying to convert us, take the life force out of us. Something like that, right? What a, what, a, what a beautiful thing it would be if that was the case to obviously reject that. And then not only that, tap into a system that is supposed to be dead and lifeless, but through your creation manifestation abilities, find a way to somehow through your own personal light, through your own personal life, somehow uh, illuminate and manifest inside dead and, and create. Something creative comes out. You spark, like the God spark, almost like you spark Re, re, uh, people that were supposedly NPCs are dead and they are awakened and they come to life. Not even because you did it, but something about you just being there and being your true authentic self somehow was undeniable to those individuals that even as some computer generated thing, they were manifested into reality. So maybe that's, you know, that's one way I kind of, when I, when I ballpark in my brain, that's one way I look at it because I want to, I want to believe I want to think that every single person that I see as a human has the ability to supersede this false reality. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to look at people because then for me personally, I just start to become a judgment based person. And once I start judging people, then other crap in my own life that, you know, involves a lot of shadow work starts to come back up and then I spiral down. And the next thing you know, I'm in jail. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. With like a straight jacket on. Like, what yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's I, I I I love how you said you know I don't want to kind of come off like that or or be judgmental because I think it's it's so absolutely true and I think sometimes you know there's this sometimes kind of like this judgment like oh you sheeple and this and that when in reality I mean we're all figuring out our own way and we are we are in our own reality like you're so I I think that that's beautiful and I love that and I'll definitely take that away for sure yeah it makes me think of like the I guess it's the starseed concept like people being strategically placed across the globe to have a certain impact 
um, so it is like a, I see it as like a collect, like almost like a alternative collective consciousness sort of mm. coming to light almost. Do you guys all think you're star seeds? So I don't know enough of, I just, ha- I know the concept. I think, Vila, we've talked about this so many times where over all the years, like all these concepts I've come across, but like on maybe a superficial level. So a lot of times I understand them, but not to be able to, I understand them internally, but I can't always explain them. Like I understand them on an intuitive level. Um, so if I had to say like, what is the criteria of a star seed? I wouldn't be able to tell you, but just like the concept somehow I, I just already know what it is. If that makes any sense. The inner knowing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's awesome. But I don't know. Do you think you are? I don't know. I really, I love, I love the concept of like a star seed. I think just, throughout my whole entire life, I felt like I never belonged anywhere and I never really fit in. And, um, I was just felt like an outsider, I think. And I think, um, so, but I also find it interesting. A lot of people don't, a lot of people don't find this stuff as fast fascinating. Um, yeah. and yes. you know, I think that there comes a point in this whole like awakening process where, in the beginning, you want to literally tell everybody because mm-hmm. it's just like, you'll never believe. And you're like, people, you know, and they're like, yeah. uh, ma'am, like you're in CBS. Can you calm yourself? <laughs> like, Everything is fake. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. Um, there's some people that just don't really want to hear it. And now I'm kind of, so yeah, I, I think we're all placed. I don't know. I think I like the concept. I like thinking that I'm unique and different and we're all unique and different. We're here for a certain reason, but I think everybody has that ability. It's just what I'm curious, like what makes people awaken? Cause it's different for every single Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And there's not really, if there was like an algorithm to it or like, first we talk about this and then we talk about that and then boom, like they'll finally get it. You know, everyone has certain interests. And so, Yeah. Conrad, do you think that you're a star seed? Uh, I, I mean, if I had to guess, I'd probably say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, but then I have a lot of friends that are like space is fake and aliens are bunk. <laughs> you know, so I entertain all ideas. I'm not married to anything mm-hmm. and new information. Um, you know, I'm always open to. That's kind of the point. Um, I will say this though, in terms of like the idea of space is fake, the things I rely on, it's not like NASA. Because mm-hmm. NASA is clearly a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's you know I don't know what they're like I don't know you know so people like look at NASA and they're like see there you go the space is fake but I'm like, <laughs> maybe that maybe that's why they're doing that you know uh, mm-hmm. there's this there's a really good author um, do you hear that I'm sorry there's like noise out there I apologize um, uh, there's this author Timothy Wiley and he used to do he would channel a lot of entities he's uh, I think he's passed away now. Um, He's from like the 1960s, 70s in terms of like his writings. And he would, he did crazy things. Like he, uh, he like tried to, you know, he figured out ways to communicate with dolphins and stuff like that. I think it involved a lot of drugs, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but you know, his, his channeling throughout this concept that earth and, um, like this local universe, whatever is, was sort of thrown into the closet like a timeout, a galactic timeout. So I have a tendency to think, you know, we only see 1% of, not even 1% of the visible light. So everyone's making their assumptions about space or not space based on less than 1% of what we're even able to comprehend, see, whatever. You know, there's layers to this thing that we can't even figure out. So I personally believe 
that we're you know that what is what really is out there we are we are sheltered away from. So I view Earth as I don't know why it happened. His writings kind of go into it a lot. They're very interesting. Um, but it's like you know maybe we got stuck here. Um, and yeah, I just, you know so as far as being a star seed, you know I've had some interesting experiences, but I wouldn't you know I'm always open to changing my opinion too. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do, um, I do find your ideas on dream spell extremely fascinating. Do you no. think you can kind of dive in a little bit about dream spell? It's been so, well, first off, they're not my ideas. It's, um, there's a writer who's also passed away. His name was Jose Aragulis or Gaius, I believe. Um, and he has tons of writings on the new sphere, N-O-O sphere, um, the galactic Maya. Um, the 13 moon calendar because a lot of indigenous cultures, um, you know, they lived off the moon cycles and there's 13 moons in a calendar year and his premise. And I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think it's a good starting point in terms of investigation of understanding what's been done to us on some, you know, vibrational level that we don't even realize because we just accept it as fact. This is this idea that we, you know, if you're going to manipulate people, if you're going to manipulate uh, a planet, you're, if you're going to manipulate reality and to create a false narrative that everyone just buys into, the most basic way, the fundamental starting point would be to manipulate time, to mess with time. So his premise, and you know, some people um, think that you know, there's some evidence that maybe this all of time is more recent in terms of history, and there's resets and Tartaria and all that stuff, you know. But his premise was that the Vatican or the Jesuits, whatever you want to call them, were the starting point of manipulating the the calendar itself. Then there's they they inserted the. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's like someone bouncing next to me. I don't know if you guys do you hear that. No, no. Okay, mm -hmm. good. Because I, I just I don't want the, I don't want to read the recording. <laughs> no, um, <not> good. <laughs> um, uh, they're like the Gregorian calendar. And they even there's even evidence that they they like basically you know they they went forward maybe like four or five hundred years and there's like here's the updated history of reality, but the premise is is that um, if you're gonna manufacture um, time if you're gonna manipulate time sorry the, then and if you're natural people you're natural beings uh, and, but in order to manipulate them you would insert unnatural time or in this case artificial time and then they entered the 12 uh the 12 month cycle 365 days because even the mayan calendar has reserves one day for outside of time which i always find fascinating it's the it's the day outside of time where time stands still although time is an illusion and i think it pays homage to that and even for my own personal journey i think it's in july every single year i had a very powerful spiritual experience on the day outside of time and here's where it gets really cool um, I started to notice little things like even like on web pages, um, it was like, like, I don't really watch sports anymore, but because of my programming growing up, I'm still used to just going to ESPN.com on my phone by default. So even though I don't really pay attention to sports now, I still will go to ESPN.com just like from programming. Right. And on that day, there is like a sports player that was traded as a football player and it was the very front page. And on the front page, um, it was, he had his arms extended. He was looking up to the sky and his jersey number was 33. And I thought that was really symbolic because it's like, I mean, I don't know what you guys do or don't know about the number 33. Mm -hmm. Mason. 
I view it, I don't view it as an evil number. I view it as a number that's been stolen. I believe a lot of our symbols have been stolen. I believe the one eye has been stolen. I believe the mm-hmm. triangles have been stolen. They don't steal things because they don't have power or significance or, you know, whatever. They steal them because they stole them. They stole them from our people. So the idea of stealing, manipulating, going back to time, because I kind of got off track there, um, by inserting, uh, by, by manipulating um, time, I'm going into artificial time. What it does is it creates this history that can't sustain and eventually will fall apart, which leads to this idea of resets. Okay. So for Jose Aragolis in particular, and I'll wrap up here, um, 2001, in his mind started a cycle with 9-11. It was the, and, and it was a, now we're on this 20 year cycle that culminated with the COVID experience. And it's the idea of that humanity, the collective conscious, how many of us are awake or whatever, like there's an inevitability in terms of like humanity is going to wake up and break free from this. So they have to do a new fear based kind of loose based event. I know you guys talked about loose in one of your earlier podcasts. So your listeners will probably be familiar with it. And it's like hitting the reset button and re like stacking this matrix on a group of people that have been manipulated. So I hope that makes sense. Cause there's this noise got me a little off track. <laughs> is it still there? Do you still hear it? <laughs> it isn't now, but it comes and goes. Uh, so it's like, like overwhelming. I don't going, know. Is, uh, but. <laughs> going back to that, so that lunar sense. calendar you're talking about. I was reading about, do you know about like how like native Americans use like turtle shells as their calendars at all? Uh, I think like, I think like, um, I believe the Hawaiians don't. The Hawaiians yeah. I think it was a couple or, different cultures, Hawaiians. And I think it might even said Mayans too, but uh, they're saying how like the main part of the turtle shell, there's, 13 segments and then around the shell is yeah. 28 days. Oh yeah. And that, you know, what I was reading is that they changed it to 12 to manipulate our, you know, spiritual act with the sun and just energy and self. So I found oh, it pretty interesting. Perfect. You just summed up mm-hmm. one sentence. What I tried to explain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you what made you decide the day that you decided on for your, your day outside of time. So it's, or is it the actual day that they, it is the actual day. I believe believe it's in July, maybe it's Mm -hmm. June. So it just, it just worked out. I was kind of, it was one of those weird synchronistic Mm -hmm. things. And I started, it it was on my own journey. Like you start to meet people that are on the same journey. It was just a really cool day. It's been so long to think about it. I wish, you know, it's like one of those things that makes sense to you personally. But if I said it in great detail here, you'd be like, all right, cool. (laughs) Who was the, uh, who was the player on ESPN that was traded? Uh, you know, I don't know. I was a football yeah. player and it was, I think it was a Cowboys jersey, but I think that's, it's funny. It kind of goes into this concept that, you know, everything, like how, how I do wonder how detailed is this manufactured reality that that would, they would be that specific that they had to make sure on the day outside of time in order to ensure their dominance, that they made sure a player was traded who had number 33 simply so they could just put it on the front page of ESPN.com to sort of just that vibrational thing, Murph, that you were just talking about, just keep people in that artificial time cycle. Isn't it? It's just, it's fascinating. Yeah. I got, I think, and I hope that, 33 is a lucky number and taken away because it's always been my lucky number. (laughs) Yeah, no, it probably is. And that's the thing. Like, you know, for me, I was born on June 13th. So 1984. So I was like destined to be part of this, you know, George Orwell nonsense, but, (laughs) (laughs) but like, you know, it's like even simple stuff like that, like unlucky number 13, but then you start to study like esoterically 13 has great significance and it's like, all right, so that's my number 13. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I've always been attracted to too. For me, it's always been seven and thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, when you talk about like the manufactured reality um, and like the Freemasons, and when you start to do um, news by the numbers, so you can kind oh, of yeah. see, like you know you can put people's names, and it's like okay, thirty three. I think today I saw like something about Joe Biden in 666 months that he was born when somebody right. else died. So obviously like a lot of people can say, Oh, well, like that's just a coincidence. But then the fact of the matter is, is that it's just constant. And so it's almost like twofold. Like why put so much energy in, in having these numbers right. align like that? Um, but also you can't deny the fact that it's going on because it's just so sync you know, whether it's synchronistic or like manufactured synchronicity. Um, and I think that there is like really powers, power in numbers. Um, and maybe it is this kind of spell that, you know, is going on um, like underneath like the layers of like this reality that we're living in. Right. It gives, it gives, it definitely builds a case for that. This is, you know, binary ones and zeros formulaic. The whole thing is highly, you know, maybe it's like an intelligent, like a high intelligence, that is very matter of fact with math. <laughs> yeah. I could say, or also just thinking about all the lost knowledge across history, you know, like the libraries that were lost or just like the hidden knowledge that's supposedly tucked away somewhere that supposedly, you know, like the Illuminati or the, whatever the bloodlines might have access to, you know, it could be, you know, that they, they know how to use these in a way that influences the collective on some level. So I always wondered that too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, too. Like the educate, just educate the education system and mm -hmm. everything that we learned. I think one thing that I just find so fascinating, fascinating. Tesla was never taught to us, but Thomas mm -hmm. Edison was, and you know, there's reasons for that, and obviously mm -hmm. the winners write history. But there's just so much out there that we don't know about. I've found, like, on a personal level, with this type of topic, and sort of trying to bring it up to people that might not be as versed in it. Even, you know, like family members, I've yeah. I've had them tell me that like when I first started really posting a lot on Instagram about some some of my thoughts, like I think the the lockdown is what spurred that because before I used to hide that part of myself completely, even though I had those thoughts. But then when all this started happening, I was like, you know what, F it, like this is our crazy world now, like I don't really care anymore. But they would yeah. say, you know, my life is so stressful as it is. I can't take in information like this. Like, I just cannot mm -hmm. process it because my job is too stressful or, you know, like, I just don't want to think about this. When I'm done with work, I want to come home and, like, turn on, like, keeping up with the Kardashians and just kind of, like, watch mindless TV. You know what I mean? But it's just, like, maybe it's just that you either have an interest for it and you want to know or you just don't. Or I mean, you can't put everything into a box, but it just made me think of it in a different way that not everyone is attracted to this realm in a sense because they're happy or content where they are. And there's no reason to sort of look deeper. It's like trust the sources that are experts. Trust, you know, trust what the system that we've been placed in. There's no questioning it. So that's my experience. Yeah, yeah I would say, um, you know, it's it's like again when it comes to like the the risk of judging other people. It's like we don't know how many times we've gone through this cycle ourselves personally, mm -hmm. and how many times that we've been the individual was like, no, my life is fine, or my life is too stressful to dig into this. We don't know, right? So you know, so instead of for me, it's like I'm just grateful that this experience that I am having right now 
I've at least understood, maybe for the first time out of a million, that there's a different way forward, and maybe that's the way out of here. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's how this cycle ends for me personally. I don't know. You know? Mm-hmm. I think the illusor, illusory, 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 illusory chains of the matrix too. There comes a point in time where it's like we're meant to be really, really busy because that's kind of how it works. We're meant to sit in traffic. We're meant to work a nine to five. We're meant to be really, really busy. And I think my hopes for having this podcast and introducing all of these types of topics is that people can kind of unplug a little bit and Mm. maybe where they felt like they were riding the waves of all of the societal conditioning that they were taught and that they're deeply programmed into believing that maybe they can let go of some of that because a lot of it is just like emotional types of control where they Mm. want they have to keep up with the Joneses because they don't they don't know anything different and so that's like my hope too is that this can kind of empower people to step outside of the matrix um, and they can start to, you know, feel a little bit like that. This is more freeing, not that they don't have like time for it, but maybe this will somehow kind of get them looking for something different, maybe align them to maybe they also feel lost and they feel really burned out from work and not feeling well because they're not eating, you know, the right foods. And who's, who's to say, cause it's everybody's journey, but mm-hmm. I yeah. breaking like those types of chains, you know, can help a lot of people. It definitely helped me. I mean, I was just constantly burned out, super depressed. I had the biggest ego and mm-hmm. just was not good and I don't want to be like that. And um, it's really been like a life changing thing. A, a lot of ego deaths. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the What were some of the methodologies of this ego dissolving? <laughs> of like the ego dissolving, um, <laughs> realizing that it's actually not cool to work to like have like a big corporate job, and mm. you know you make like all this money, and you're what is like that boss bitch mentality just. <laughs> <laughs> So like, um, I'm, I cringe, I cringe, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, my brother, we would like, we would fight all the time because he is a music producer and he does all of this creative stuff and he just wasn't able to ever like do the corporate life. And I would judge him so oh, wow. hard, so hard and four one K and that's what you need. And you need stability and this <laughs> and that. And now I just look at my brother and I just, you know, I want to emulate him. And I just see him in such a different light because he's like just being creative and living out his, I I call it Dharma, but like living out his Dharma. And that's something, you know, corporate jobs, it's great. It's a lot of stability, but it's not fulfilling. And so, you know, at what cost do you want to continue doing that? So that's just like a couple of like, just, just a few to name. (laughs) (laughs) But what a a beautiful thing though, that, you know, you had um, a direct example, a model that in time you understood as something to emulate, you know, and that's your own Mm -hmm. family. So that's, you know, some people don't have that. Some people are born into like, you're going to go into the family business and be a doctor. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with doctors, but right. it's just like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone's journey is, you know, is different, unique. And yeah, I just think for me personally, it's like, like one of my, if I have rules, I don't even know if I do, but one of them is like, what is your creative truth? And what is stopping you from pursuing it? And what 
steps should you take in order to initiate that? Maybe that doesn't mean you have to leave your nine to five job. Maybe it's a side hobby. Maybe you, you have paint, you know, you have an affinity for painting, but you stopped painting years ago because you started just getting into the world of work and you haven't picked up a brush. What would happen if two nights a week you picked up that paintbrush again just to see what would change? What would spark on the inside of you? So I would question any, I would question any of the listeners, you know, what is your creative truth? And what is stopping you and your unique point of view and your perspective from expressing that so that others, because my definition of ego is individuals who have abilities and gifts, which news flashes everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of sharing it with the world, with the collective, they keep it selfishly for themselves out of fear. So no mm -hmm. one knows, right? So it's like, what's an ego death? An ego death is actually living out your creative truth so that others can experience it too. Yeah, I love that. It's a, I've never thought of it that way, but I think that definitely makes sense. For the longest time, I would get really hard on myself. Like I, I don't have a, a like, I don't have, I don't have anything creative and I don't, and that's okay mm. too. I think, um, but this is creative. Yeah. But a year ago, I mean, right. I, you know, I was plugged into like CNN on like chilling on my couch. It was, it was wild. And actually I remember talking to my therapist about this yeah. and I was like, I just wish I could do something like my brother, something super creative. And she's like, don't ever be hard on yourself. It will come. And I think this is like for the audience too, is like, if you don't think you have something, don't be hard on yourself and beat mm -hmm. and beat yourself up for not having something. Just invite the dream master in, like mm -hmm. let your guard down, let it flow. And, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of be open to whatever, life may lead you because I invited the dream master in and now I'm sitting talking to now you're, now you're crushing the yeah. edit from the podcast and here we are you know, I'm on the podcast it's That's just how it happens. What, so, a, what a yeah. dream what a dream what a master <laughs> like mixing those outros on the, on the edits yeah. yeah yeah actually um so the intro song is actually my brother he like produced nice. the track yeah so I'll throw that Throw that in there, throw a little plug. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, Conrad, so there was actually another thing that I don't remember which podcast it was on, but you had talked about um, that you've been noticing a lot of apartment buildings coming up in the inner cities. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're like not being occupied. Is that something that's going on? Like, where did you notice that? All over. I mean, even just recently, the past few days, I kind of re, I kind of re realized that as I was driving around. Cause I'm looking for a new place to live. And then I'm just, there's just all these giant, um, I guess in one sense, it's logical if the population's increasing, they need to do preparations in order to fill that need. But what you're seeing come up is like these really, um, simplistic, uh, smart, you know, technologically smart, uh, like, you know, studios and stuff like that. And I noticed it, it was happening all across America. It was happening in Hawaii. It was happening in California. It was happening in the D.C. area. It's happening, I don't know, around Chicago. I don't know why I've been in all these big cities. But, um, and so then you start to get in the idea of the, like, the Agenda 2030 uh, model where they're trying to, you know, and they use it through the guise of climate change. Mm -hmm. uh, this idea that, you know, there's these, there's like these, it's not even, they don't hide it anymore. That's what's funny about this stuff mm -hmm. now. It's not even like, it's just common knowledge. So if you don't even, if you can't accept this now, I don't have to tell you. But they want to basically take like 90 plus, like 95% of all land through the guise of climate change and the environment and basically make it off limits to humanity, right? So in order to 
uh, accommodate that, there has to be all these, you know, giant structures that can fill a tight knit population, you know, that is so like the, the nightmare scenario. And I don't know if this is going to happen. And obviously I don't want it to happen or not to happen how they plan. But there is this one, there is evidence out there that shows that they just want us like herded even more into like the way I compare it is this is like, especially in America, we've been free range cattle for X amount of years. Right. But we're still cattle. Mm-hmm. But now they're just taking that that they're taking the free range away. And now they just want to do that same industrial grade. You know, you never see the light of day and then you're without your your beaks ripped off. Oh, yes. And, you know, and you're you're fed to your knees break because you're so fat. Like that's what they're trying. They're the same model they do for mass producing of meat. Mm-hmm. They're, they're essentially making the same plans for humanity. Now, why? I don't know. You could go a lot of different ways with it, but there is physical evidence of it in terms of like these smart, supersized cities where they can support a massive population living a simple life. If I had to guess, it would be like, all right, here's the latest vaccine that you need to take. Here's your UBI. So you're guaranteed income because you're part of this collective. And Mm -hmm. I'm not against the concept of UBI because I think if anything, anyone can see everyone's in agreement that money isn't real. It's an illusion. It's just a number. So who cares about a baseline premise for the masses in order to be able to survive in society? I have nothing wrong with that, but it's like we already know before it ever happens what is going to be connected to it. There's always going to be conditions, and I think the most obvious example of that is there's going to be this forced medical requirement. I call it medical terrorism. Yeah, or you have to have a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Medical tyranny. Updated. You have to have this or that. It's like, isn't it funny how they invert everything? It's like for for decades, and I'm I'm I don't like like you were saying. Like, I think before we were recording about like you were you were you were more liberal than you are now. I'm, I'm I was pretty much the same. You know, I voted for Obama back in the day. You know, I was like hope and change and all that BS. You know, word <laughs> for bitch that means nothing. Um, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, um, so like it's funny how like they have a, the argument on Twitter is like free health care, right? Mm-hmm. But look what free health care has turned into. It's just a vaccination. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's just everything that like we would like should be good and decent for humanity. When it gets into that spectrum of control and power, it's always comes with conditions. It's always a manipulation and it's always based around lies. So it's not the, the magical premise that maybe if I or you guys are like, I want to give X amount of dollars to so many people every single month so that everyone can have a chance in a very expensive society. But it's never that. It's always there's always these little extra factors added on, and the things they promise is good, they always invert, and it's just crap. Yes, that's such a great rant. The way I see it, because I I kind of I've been really interested in what the World Economic Forum has been doing, yeah. and that ties in with the whole. You know, it started with Agenda 2020 or Agenda 2021, then it went to Agenda 2030. And just sort of seeing what they produce, like I visit their website quite often and seeing some of the articles that come out, like the years 2030, you own nothing and you'll be happy. Um, That's (laughs) one that recently came up. Um, They talk about how people will no longer own anything, but everything will be rented. So it goes along with that smart city concept where, like you were saying, you know, they want the majority of the population to move into these city centers um, known as smart cities. And then those smart cities are supposed to be connected to the internet of things. Um, and that's all run on like 5g, 6g, 7g technology. Um, and 
it's just something that, you know, like you can't ignore it. Like you said, it's coming up in different ways. It's coming up in mainstream news articles, but you have to kind of know what the agenda is behind it to make those connections. Mm. Um, and I think it all ties in together. Like you were saying with the vaccinations, you know, we already see the vaccination passports are coming, you know, it's all kind of going in one direction. Um, I yeah. see it as, you know, talking about the social credit system, it's sort of like you're going to have to opt into like, I don't know if there will be a choice to opt into this society or not, but it's definitely like a restructuring. And I think that's what this whole build back better concept is about, which oh. isn't just Joe <laughs> Biden's. It's actually part of the United Nations as well. They they have that slogan. Um, and this is all kind of coming from like the UN going down and it's being kind of like spread across the world. So it's not just here that this is happening. It's in other places. But going back to what you were talking about with moving people out into the city centers, have you ever seen the Wildlands Project map? Is that the one where it's like it's like green, red? There's like green zones, red zones. Yes. Orange. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking about when I was saying like 95 percent of yes. the land is going to be off. And another thing I was just thinking is like the smart car concept. Mm-hmm. It, and it's just another thing where they act like it's this beautiful thing, but it's like, no, that's just going to limit your ability to go where you want to go. Right. You can't so they can push you know, a button and turn mm-hmm. it off on you. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, you don't think they will? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny, it's funny. A perfect example of that is just with the, with the GameStop um, mm-hmm. event that just happened yeah. because – you know, I, I'm invested in digital currency, not because I, I'm because my concept is they're going to reward early winners or people mm-hmm. that invest early because they want people to mm-hmm. be excited about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, Vila was just dancing. That's why I just started laughing. Um, the and then I was going to get in and get out so I could pay for off grid. Now, who knows if that's right. whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very paranoid at times. Right. <laughs> but, you know, with the GameStop. You know, they were when they were going against the system, which I think this whole thing was manufactured anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but people weren't able to access their accounts digitally, like on Robinhood. I yeah. actually I put in an order the, the night before because unlike digital currency with regular stocks, like there's actually like it stops. So I put in an order to buy. It was something little. It was the stock was at like ten dollars or something. And so I, I just did like two hundred dollars and I put it in and it never went through. And then it dropped down to like $5 or whatever. So I just canceled it. And then like, if it never went through. And then I think like two weeks ago, it was up to like 170. And I was like, oh man, I'm really mad right now. But the wow. point is, the Game point Stop. is, yeah, GameStop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, they were f- like, they were manipulating selling, it. They were manipulating, they were selling people's stocks for them for mm-hmm. their own good. So my point with digital currency specifically and just money in general being on like, Yeah, you might have an account that is safe on the blockchain, but it's like if you can't access it because you have to go through one of these systems, Mm -hmm. right? So they have you. You talked about social credit score. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, if you're not an act, if you're not a quality member of society, we're going to restrict your funds and they have the ability to do it. They've already shown at any moment that they can just stop people from being able to access and control their own account. You know, I don't know how else to like how is and what's crazy about it is no one cared. Like nothing happened. No one got in trouble mm-hmm. and reality just pressed on. And it's like, cause that's, that's the plan is. So I don't think digital, I, digital currency is as dangerous as fiat currency is. It's all mm-hmm. fake. It's real manipulated. 
So I'm not saying like run away from it and be in fear of it, but understand that this matrix system, like even if you don't think that if you think that Earth is is what it is and there's a heaven and a hell and all that stuff, like there is a matrix system in place in terms of finances mm-hmm. of that nine to five mm-hmm. slave wage thing where they always have you on, you know, trying to, you know, you're always owing somebody this debt yeah, model, just, you know, it exists. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think yeah. Too, people are very dependent on the system. I mean, that's it's maybe not even a point of caring or not caring but it's you know everybody has especially maybe our generation we don't i don't carry that much cash right I got it from even like you know all the credit cards all the debit cards uh they could just stop that like access to mm-hmm. money one like chase could i have chase i think chase <laughs> morgan ugh. um but it, it could just stop essentially and we would have no way to pay for anything and it, yeah you see cell phone towers. Communication can cease to exist for a couple of hours if cell phone towers and, you know, yeah. mobile just decides to shut down. Um, yeah. And then about the dependent of like this matrix system, we have no, we have no idea really how to plant our own food or to garden or anything that we really should be taught. It's not, we're not being taught any of that. Um, so I think just like the being dependent on the system is, is is wild and you mentioned you know hopefully some xrp will go through the moon and uh <laughs> watch out um yeah what's that i think xrp and I, I just checked they're like at 60 cents but oh. if you were going i know i know Been if here before. You were, i know what happens huh? i know what happens next with xrp once it hits same because I called Murph Dog like you'll never believe. Yeah. What's um, crazy about XRP is um, cl- like that is like that's my fail safe because the way it's constructed is like that's clearly like the new world order like preferred currency. banking digital currency. So, but it, that's my point is like some people are like you're not awake if you're invested in digital currency, but it's like well yeah, but you're using money like you're still in this system, so it's not like like you don't. There, you can be strategic at times. You can think ahead and prepare. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. I don't know. But what are you going to say about XRP? Oh, just that it's you know, well. Right now, it's at sixty cents. Um, what was I going to say about it? I don't I cut you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't really remember. But it was just really kind of like talking about being dependent on the yeah. system. And you had mentioned earlier, like they're kind of herding us into the inner cities, yeah. and. It, you kind of saw with the shutdown, everything went from now Instacart is huge. Never yeah. have. I will not lie. You guys, I did not leave my house for 13 days once during the shutdown. Mm-hmm. I and think I, I was, went days. I think I went longer than that for periods. Yeah. I'm yeah. an introvert. So I was like, <laughs> thriving. I feel yeah. like I pride yeah. myself on having like a rich inner world. Mm-hmm. It's good to go outside. I, I'm fine with anybody living however they want to live. Mm-hmm. If you never want to leave your home, if you want to use Instacart, if you want to be <laughs> like, that's fine. Like I have nothing wrong with that. My point is, is like, just like with the vaccines, it's like, uh, it's just about choice. Yes. Even, even if I thought what this last year was more legit than what I believe it to be. And even if I thought that jab that they are, you know, offering Krispy Kreme donuts for free. <laughs> I just saw that too. That blew my you know, mind. Oh, by diabetes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. My friend, he works in insurance and he said that his company's offering $100 to get the vaccine. Like, <laughs> okay. like, wow, thanks. Wow. Thank you, $100. But it's like, even if all of that's legit, 
just the, based on the premise that you are, they're trying to make it so it's like you have to have that, and or that's where I draw the line. Yeah, like no, why am I? Why why are they suddenly taking charge of medical sovereignty? Mm-hmm. That's wrong. This is wrong on the surface. Whether or not the the issue warranted some sort of you know medical response, that's where I that's where I'm at with it. it has nothing to do with is it legit or not. It's just mm-hmm. it's about personal sovereignty. Exactly. I I completely agree. I that's kind of where I draw the line too. I I just sort of see it like this is being rolled out in a very slow in my mind slow and meticulous manner. And I think it's almost purposeful because it's the whole like frog in the pot analogy or whatever. Um, but I almost, as we were talking about this, I've had these thoughts like in the last few days and maybe it's just the culmination of what I've read about with the whole great reset and all of that. But I used to think about how, you know, the great depression occurred like back in the early, you know, 1900s. And at that time, people were way more self-sufficient, but also so many people died in that period, even though they had their own farms and their own food sources, water sources. So I was just thinking, you know, over the last century, we've pretty much become domesticated in a sense. Like if if you want to put that label, like, you know, how some of the elite have um, referred to us as like useless eaters. In a sense, yeah. we've become like the house cat, you know, like we've been yeah. used to our grocery stores being fed, being kind of like housed, all these things. So it almost takes like a major event. And I, I still have this like feeling that there's something more after COVID, um, but it's like with the great reset and the build back better messaging, I'm kind of like, you know, is it going to be a stock market crash? Is it going to be another depression where everything has to be reset and rebuilt in order to usher in this new smart city, you know, whatever they want, you know, for everywhere across the world. So I, I don't know. It's kind of depressing, but I feel like it's better to kind of know what's coming so you can re- prepare sort of like you were saying, like, hopefully it's still possible to live off the grid or to somehow try to opt out of that system if that's what you want. I mean, if you want to be in it, then go for it. But I think like even like I've heard that kids, even though they're going back to school in person, they're not really having the same experience. They're actually like sitting in front of a computer pretty much doing telework, which is what they were doing at home. So it's almost like, what's the point of going back to school if you're going to sit in your little pod being three to six feet away from everyone else, not allowed to talk to your friends because it can spread the virus. It's like, it's, it's definitely like these little steps that are kind of normalizing this like stay at home culture where it's like lock yourself in. Um, so yeah, I, I just, those, those are some thoughts that just recently have been like heavy on my mind for some reason. But it, it does make me wonder going back even going back over the MPC uh, conversation and the idea of percentages and all that stuff. If, mm-hmm. if, if they, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of the, well, it's not even concept; it's more like science, like your, your heart space, the tortle field. Oh yes. The six feet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like that natural resting place is six feet. So that, I mean, then it's like six feet apart, you know, it's like nefarious mm-hmm. as hell. Oh, for sure. Into it. But it's like this <laughs> yes. idea of human, you know, human connection coming together, mm-hmm. just humanity interacting. You know, I have, you know, there's a couple like older dudes um, back home in New York that were, you know, sort of like role models and everything like that. And I would, you know, I worked under one mowing lawns and every day with him was an experience, was an event. It was a carnival because he was a people person. So mm-hmm. when we go to the store, he's having these long conversations with random people. You know, it's like he was this, you know, he was just living his life randomly, the spice of life interacting with humanity and then I look even at my, you know, I walk around or I drive around and even in my own, my own existence, it's like everyone's looking down at their phone. Right. You know, you know mm-hmm. everyone is just looking down 
at their phone. And sometimes you look at your screen time. So when you think about artificial intelligence, when you think about the concept of like groupthink, Mm -hmm. it's like all they have to do is put a few algorithms onto a couple social media feeds. And then next, you know, everyone's thinking the same exact thing. It's pretty wild. It is wild. Yeah, the whole AI thing, I'm not super well versed in it, but just recently I've been kind of learning more about it because uh, one of my favorite accounts, I don't know if it, it, she used to be Shine with Shanda, but now she's just Shanda Shines again because they've deleted her Instagram like three or four times now. But um, she's been really heavy into the AI stuff. And just recently I started learning about these things called Morgellons. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar with those. Yeah. Yeah, And that just kind of creeped me out thinking about how there is this like biotech out there that has been around for a while. I think it goes back to even like 2007. Um, And now just kind of learning about smart dust and how, you know, there's like these tiny, tiny chips that basically have all this information and technology in them that could be scattered across these cities. And that's one way to capture the Internet of Things. Like that's one way to be able to monitor every square inch of a area is to have these like this dust that's, you know, supposed to be transmitting and receiving data. So it's just bizarre, like just getting into this new world of like what that the future holds and the technology that's out there is crazy. Yeah. I will say this is because, you know, we've kind of been, I won't say we've been doom and gloom like this past half hour, but we've been getting into some subjects that could make everything feel like all is lost. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. Let's say right now that the worst case scenario is true, mm-hmm. right? Let's say that there's smart dust in the air with morgellons that are inside of our body yeah. right now that are manipulating us. You know, like, let's just say the worst case scenario exists right now but yet here we are the four of us having a conversation rejecting what is being offered up to us as the way to exist in society so that raises a follow-on question of how powerful are each single free being of a human what is like how powerful is what is inside of you look at all the stuff they've had to do in the last year in order to divide people and yet even through this zoom it's not zoom this this call there's people connecting, conversing, and still finding ways through. So I don't view this as all hope is lost. I know, I know. Well, it's just, it's, it's just, pretty, just think how powerful every single one of us must be if this is what it takes in order to get us to submit, and we still won't do it. And I, I totally, like a hundred percent, agree with you. And I think that's why there's so many systems in place meant to keep us down because us as human beings, we are, you know, the most beautifully designed things. And we have, you know, the divine spark within all of us. And, um, you know, we, I, I believe like we can call star seeds or like indigo children, but I really do believe we're all light warriors and we're all light workers in a sense. And that doesn't mean love and light all the time. That means, right. you know, <laughs> learning about your shadow. <laughs> I think about like the care that like his heart with like the rainbows coming out it's a lot of shadow work and like a lot of integration and a a lot of light workers go through a lot of stuff and a lot of like trauma as well like kind of as children to understand how it all kind of comes together and doing like the integration work as well and so that's I think um you know we're meant to be kept on because we're beautiful beautiful human beings and um yeah so it, it definitely is positive and and I know that you do like your group meditations. And I think that that's yeah. really cool too. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, you know, it's one thing to do like a podcast um, where 
Well, the re- I think what, what I found the flow of my podcast is it was people that would consider themselves star seeds or, you know, they feel like they have a purpose in this life. And I wanted to be able to offer a forum for them to be able to speak their truth, even if it was for the first time, because there is a layer of confidence that comes the first time you're able to get your personal story out. So that was like phase one of me trying to do my part. Then I have a buddy, um, his Instagram account is Truth Vibrations. It might be truth.vibrations. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking, and he wanted to start doing group meditations. And he was like, I want you to lead them. I've never done anything like that. I was like, okay, sure. So he just started putting out stories and stuff, and then people started showing up. We were doing it through Zoom. It was started during the lockdown when people were pretty much staying at home. And it's continued on ever since. We, I have usually every at least half the time there's like a guest on there that will lead the group but the my favorite part is the conversation after the group meditation because people will share their experience and then you find you start to have like these really cool synchronicities that occur like one um one lady who's who's pretty regular when it comes to showing up there i guess if she had like if i could describe a gift that she has it's like the gift of sight and i don't mean like perfect vision but like being able to see beyond um and when she was sharing, she's like, does anyone have a, a canine, like a canine dog, like a really happy canine? Because I was seeing this dog during the meditation. And then someone raised their hand and like, yeah, and here's my dog right here. And then she's like, and this one's kind of weird. But does somebody have, I was seeing two cows, like kind of like play fighting. And then someone's like, yeah, there's like right outside my door on this farm, there's these two cows and they were going crazy during the group meditation. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, I know. So it's just, it's just this idea of believing that people are magic, that we are magic, and that when you get together in a group with positive intent, that who knows what sort of, you know, groundbreaking barriers can, you know, sort of disintegrate. When You know, there's this really good book. It's called The Power of Eight. I forget who the author is, but it's this idea of when eight people through, like, gratitude um, put their intent on healing, like, people have gotten healed. And it's like, you know, that was like also from like around the world too. So there's just more to the story of humanity. So when it comes to group meditation, for me personally, it's like an investigation, but it's an also opportunity for like people to understand that they're not alone because sometimes it feels like we're all over the world. Like we were intentionally placed there to like hold down the fort in the midst of darkness, you know? (laughs) It's just a good way for people to, you know, so I would invite anyone to, you can show up, it's free. I'm not charging money or anything like that. How do you guys do it? It's just, it's, we do it. We do it like three or four times a month. Usually, I'll just post on my Instagram story. It's it's not like it's just when it feels right is when we start to plan and when it happens. So, That's cool. Yeah, we just kind of flow with it. Yeah. I definitely need to work on my meditations. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the thing. There's no rules there. It's just like all right. I try to use the sauna as my meditation time, but then you get these. Guys yeah. like the mask guy today to interrupt. Yeah. With, with this horrible comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think meditation too is just a way to really get to know yourself on a level where nothing external is ruling you and you can yeah. kind of just bring yourself back and really get to know who you are without anything external kind of and I think also I'm I'm big on like intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like meditation can really like hone some like intuitive skills? I, sorry, that <laughs> do you guys not hear that? I, one? I, heard, I that heard that one. one. <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah. That was more of a thud. 
that's what I'm dealing with right now. Um, <laughs> so are you actually in a studio? Yeah, that's, I don't. It's like someone's doing construction, like right next door. I don't know what's going on, but all right. So you can edit that part out. I will pick up right here. <laughs> I'm a master editor. <laughs> um, so um, I can only speak to myself, and I will say this: like this, that that statement you made about getting to know yourself. What's well, a beautiful thing about trying to quiet the mind, because I think all of our minds pretty much go 24-7, 365, you know, when you're not having a thought, right? When you're asleep, but then you're dreaming. So it's this idea of just like, if you can stop, just focus on the breath, nice and slow. And then suddenly, it's like you, st- you start to realize that you're, you know, I think it was Alan Watts said it best. It's like you're observing the voice that you think is yours, but you're separate from it. So now you've made this now you can sort of make this connection that wait that voice isn't necessarily me so what is that voice and why is that voice saying that because it's not me so it's almost like you metaphysically start to realize that some aspects that you just assume are you aren't and then if if you're like if you're a sugar addict or you know you have a really unhealthy lifestyle and there's this concept of the parasite physical actual parasites inside of us you mentioned more gelons right mm-hmm. it's like this thing, like this voice can be a bit nefarious at times. It can be negative. It can, it can talk bad about you. It can place doubt inside of you. But if you're able just for a few moments to separate the reality that that isn't you, you can almost sort of start to take control over it and understand that it's just an aspect of experiencing this reality. But it isn't just like, I, you know, I think that we're spiritual beings inside of meat suits right now, that that mm-hmm. voice is also going to separate from you when you leave this place too. Mm-hmm. I was going to surf. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I felt like that was a guided meditation. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to join if you don't mind. I'm going to. Yeah, obviously, you're all, everyone's. I'm going to circle back to what uh, Vila said about intuition to maybe that's to the lady that you were talking about, Conrad, that maybe that's why she, you know, can see things is you know, her intuition is pretty strong and, Having that uncalcified piney of land. Yeah. She must drink her I mean, water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's, and that's something, you know, like a big part of society is just like, just be normal, just fit in, just, just do what you have to do. And it's like, how weird is it? Think about this. How weird is it that if I tell someone that they are literally magic or have the potential to perform magic, that we are trained in this Western civil monotheistic society to like have a negative reaction to that. Mm-hmm. To be like, I'm not magic. What are you That's talking witchcraft. about? That's crazy. That's witchcraft. It's like, wait a second. That doesn't really, if, if you stop for a second, that's a weird, that's a weird thing to take where I'm arguing for you to realize that you are, you have some enhanced abilities that you could tap into and you're trying to come back at me saying you don't. Well, I guess you don't then. Cause that's the mindset you have. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's super empowering. I feel like everybody really needs to hear that they're magic. I think, um, and everybody has the ability to create their own reality. Yeah. And I love that, you know, meditation is so huge. I'm like, it's on the to-do list. We love. <laughs> I like to do like walking meditations or like really like yeah. intricate things, but um, that your thoughts really do create your reality. Mm-hmm. So, and there's just so much... And I really, I guess I can only speak for myself. I was on this negative thought loop, just beating myself Mm. up. You're not this, you're not that, like all these comparisons. And, um, I think too, like a great thing about learning that 
wow, like this is a matrix. This is all kind of meant to make you feel like that and meant to make you not feel, you know, empowered. Um, it's a very disempowering feeling. So yeah, the, the fact that everybody really is magic and, and, uh, you do, you can create your own reality is a concept that I think we need to talk more about. Yeah. And on that note, you know, this idea of perspective. So we've talked about a lot of things that could happen that would be a lesser form of a reality that we want to experience. You know, the idea of herding people into cities, having a social credit score. But then we're talking about this concept of you create your own reality. So I do have this back and forth personally where it's like, okay, is it one thing to be aware of potentially what could happen? But how do I choose to live my life in spite of that? Despite that, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, it's doing things like this. It's being creative, being in my creative truth and not choosing to accept the narratives that you, because sometimes even in the conspiracy community, we have a habit of pushing scare, you know, fear narratives, but it's like, you're, you're kind of adding to it, aren't you? You're mm-hmm. still, you're still adding to the fear levels. So even it's, I'm not saying put your head in the sand like an ostrich, but at some point you have to come to some personal inner knowing and reassurance that all of this is external. And if you journey within, you're going to be at peace regardless, no matter what. And maybe that's how this matrix just simply becomes a school or a learning experience. And even the worst, scariest parts of it are merely just lessons in order for you to learn for who knows what's on the other side, you know? It goes with that Bruce Lee uh, quote that we always talk about, you're not being like closed-minded and take in everything, absorb what's useful and discard what's not and add what's, oh, yeah. add what's uniquely your own. You know, just kind of from both sides, people are just too close minded, not willing to, you know, just listen. Everyone, everyone just wants to always talk and be right and, you know, put their two cents into it rather than just kind of being like uh, Sun Tzu and just just listen and observe kind of deal. Yeah, that's why I love that's why I love doing interviews, because it's like there's so many people out there with a unique perspective. And I've probably talked five times as much as I do on my own show because, you know, there's like, it's just, it's so fun to like, there's so many interesting people out there and their perspective is so powerful. And to like, to live life, not to not even engage people in that way and to see what they have to offer. That's kind of, you know, to already, don't you think sometimes that's just like one of the, one of the tricky nefarious things of like what we're experiencing is it's like we are expected to have fully formed thoughts before we're even allowed to have the question asked. It's like society's already telling us this is what it is. These are the answers before we can even say what is, is it's, 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 I think that's the really nefarious thing about society right now. I think it's also, I mean, we were taught to like in the dating world, like, um, like my parents would say, okay, like the, like, don't talk about religion. Don't talk about folks. <laughs> Like, be yourself, but, like, don't be, like, too much yourself. And I'm, like... <laughs> Heaven forbid they get to know the real you from the jump. <laughs> exactly, because, I mean, you're really just putting on your, your best face, yeah. and it's it's all just kind of like a facade. And we, we're, we've always been taught, like, it's rude to talk about politics, and it's rude to talk about religion. And how are we supposed to change our minds if yeah. we never talk about it? And one thing is, is, like, I want to make being wrong cool, you know? Mm. Um, strong convictions loosely held. Have strong convictions, have morals, have beliefs, but 
always be in the position to change them because that's that's how you grow as a human being, you know? It's yeah. how you learn. Being wrong is cool. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that's that's a big thing. It's like I guess, I don't know, and I'm probably still guilty of it, but I don't know. I just, I'm okay being wrong. Like, it's okay. I, I don't, I, there was a time in my life for sure where I didn't, you know, and even it can still happen. So I'm not saying I'm immune from it, but I mean, there's people, you know, like on Twitter, on social media, different podcasts, people I've conversed with, you know, like they've, you know, made eloquent, they've made me change my understanding. So I don't even know if it's right or wrong. It's just coming to new forms of awareness mm-hmm. of just what's going on around you. And it's like, what a, like, that's, that's a fun way to live life is like constantly expanding your mind as opposed to just being a final product. How is that even possible? How can you be a final product? Like, why, 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 why are you here then? <laughs> I think it's almost returning to community in a sense where, mm. you know, like over the last, you know, 50 years with television, internet being introduced, we've lost that like one-on-one conversation, you know, like families don't eat dinner together as much now with this whole shutdown, like friends aren't meeting in person anymore. Um, And also we've just been consuming so much, like consuming media, consuming TV and and movies that I don't think that people are always like offered the opportunity to really think for themselves in that sense, because for so long, it's just been consuming thoughts and ideas, consuming what you're taught in school versus kind of exploring like your own thoughts or your own way of putting it together. That's why I think it's awesome on your podcast that you bring in people with different experiences and give them a platform to sort of talk about their perspective, because I don't think that's very common. I think that people are walking around with a facade and that they have to play a certain role to get through their day for whatever reason, like even sometimes within their own personal, like family lives or friendships, like even closest friendships sometimes, you know, I I think so I, I can see how this is like a creative outlet for so many people in our situation because it takes time to kind of get to this point. Yeah. You know, a good, um, for me, like just recently, like the most recent comment on my Apple podcast for review, it's somebody who's extremely angry at, at my guest, um, my second to last guest, his name's Eyes, because he, you know, he's part of the Everything is Fake crew. Uh-huh. And he was basically Find saying... the Everything is Fake really quick. What What yeah. is the Everything is Fake crew? What do you mean? Oh. <laughs> all right. So the Everything Fake is crew, like they're pretty much based out of Twitter, but they all like... They do have like a, a podcast, a big one that just came out. It's called Realized Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, it features three Twitter folk, Murph. Not not just not the Murph on here. <laughs> <Not> Murph. <laughs> Murph, have you been cheating yeah. on us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> only one Murph. <laughs> yeah, another guy, another guy that goes goes by Rambo, and then a girl who goes by Human Vibration. Oh yeah. And basically, their premise is that everything we see is just pure fiction, and it, like. There's there's clues that are given like colors, like purple's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They do a, a better job describing it than me. But then they're the person who actually made the music for their intro for their podcast, and I think he also made the music for the Black Pill Radio guys. Uh, you know, we were I was pretty friendly with him on Twitter, so I had him on recently, and he mentioned. So he's part of that crew. This I just this, and their whole premise is pretty simple. It's like we're taught to accept what is. 
365. So what if we take the opposite approach and assume everything isn't like you're saying, and you have to prove it to us. That's all. So it's not even, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not even that they're saying that they're right. It's just, they're saying, you got to prove it to me. And I think that's like, that's the scientific method. (laughs) It is. You know, (laughs) so, so, so he, so he made a comment on my podcast, um, and he, he, I already talked to him about this, so I'm not like talking behind his back. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, he basically said that like, you know, war, like, do people really have the ability to kill each other? Which means he think he was, he made an offhand comment. Like a lot of people who get purple hearts, maybe they're just covering up for the fact that it was friendly fire. I don't, it wasn't the smartest comment, but mm-hmm. you, um, and I didn't even agree. I just, I didn't really acknowledge it. And I moved on. That was my way of just saying, uh, no, you know, I'm not going to, but here's the thing. If I wanted to be right there and I wanted to prove him wrong, that was like a half hour into a two hour conversation. And that was an opportunity to create con- uh, conflict, division, mm-hmm. argument. All right. And if that happens, then ego gets fed. And then the next hour and a half, which was a fruitful, enjoyable conversation doesn't happen. So that's kind of, that was my, that was my way of, it's like, all right, if this isn't everything is fake individual and they just said this is fake, what are the, what are the odds that in this moment I'm going to be able to prove to them that that's real? There's no way <laughs> I don't have, yeah. I don't have anything in front of me. Like I can't take him to a VA hospital, you know, like I, there's nothing I can do. So as far as that moment, but the person who wrote the comment, they, you know, they, they were just coming from the perspective of that this person was 100% wrong here and I didn't do what I was supposed to do to correct it. And, you know, that's up for debate. But in that moment, I was just like, no, like, I'm just going to continue on. And we had a very fruitful conversation. So I think when you were talking about like bringing guests on and getting perspectives, um, that's it. That's like, you have to be able to have conversations with people that you don't d- agree with all the time. Like mm-hmm. how, how, what, what would be reality if all four of us agreed 100% down the line in every single thing, no matter what, like, how is there any sort of exchange? How is there any growth? Mm-hmm. How's there any Oh, that doesn't seem that's a matrix. That's a control matrix. That's artificial intelligence. Yeah. That's you know, that's but that but that's not how we, we get through. So there's gonna be imperfect thoughts, there's gonna be ill formed statements on the fly, and mm-hmm. there's gonna be mistakes at times. Man, I'm not even saying he's making a mistake in this case, but just generally speaking, like if perfection is your requirement for individuals, then you've just basically become a, a conspiracy theory form of cancel culture. And I'm not exactly into that. <laughs> fighting your program in the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you can't break 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years of programming all because you have a fresh perspective on things. It's when moments arise and you're in the moment. Can you like feel your ego coming on or, or like have this kind of like detachment from what's going on and just look at things without an emotional deta- um, attachment. And I think, I think attachment versus detachment is kind of like a big thing when when you realize like you shouldn't be attached to these perspectives and you don't have this like personal gain towards it then like everything really can become like this great conversation um but yeah it's i think about all the times where probably in my life like where i have ruined the next hour and a half of the interview with (laughs) life right Right. in the way (laughs) Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's on the podcast. I think I heard a couple yeah. of, yeah. 
Yeah, I do. I was actually planning, I think, one of my next episodes because they're starting to pile up again. I was going to read them. So I'm th- I'm going to read that one and I'm going to address it. Like, I'm not ashamed. Yeah. And there's nothing to hide. And and to be fair with this individual, he gave me a five-star review. So he, he says, he even said, I liked your podcast. This was my, you know, emotional. So then this is the other thing. Like, a lot of people, they may, maybe in, when they do their podcast, it's to get it's to get views. And what's the number one way in entertainment to get views? Controversy, right? Mm-hmm. So if I want to be wow. so if I want to be controversial, I would be negative towards this individual because they gave a negative comment towards me. But that's not the point. And this is clearly this is an issue that emotionally hit that person directly. So I would say to that individual to their face is, what were the reasons why in this moment you felt the need? to have control over his thoughts, my response to those thoughts, and the whole concept in general, because that probably leads to the concept of trigger points, and we all have them. We all have those moments. Mm-hmm. I definitely do, where I want, you know, especially like in, in 2020, where I wanted somebody to just think how I thought. Can't you see? So, yes, I mean, I'm not, there's nothing I've ever said in my, if I've made a mistake in my podcast, I've apologized. Um, but I don't really, you know, it's just like, like this cancel culture concept, like that's take, like you can't, freedom of speech. What is freedom of speech and the ability to have honest conversations with people? I think that's, I think that's the real nefarious thing that they mm-hmm. do. It's like if people are afraid to explore thoughts that might be wrong, then you can't, it's like, there's no one right way to truth necessarily. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're going to be wrong along the way. So if you're going to stop truth from being revealed, one way to do that would to be create these pigeonhole corners that people could only think under. So that's, that's really my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. I see that cancel culture is like a way of enforcing self-censorship, you know, cause it's like, you know what the norms are. You kind of know what lines you have to walk within, especially, you know, in public and certain conversations. So you're automatically trying to make sure that you don't say the wrong thing. And it's such a fine line. And I, I just don't like how, our society is going in that direction where we've talked about it on former podcasts about like canceling somebody and like ruining their career or livelihood because of a mistake that got dredged up from like 2003, you know, it's just like everybody has made mistakes and I just don't like how people are just getting targeted left and right for not thinking. It's like the whole group think mentality. Like we're not thinking in a one direction way or the way that you're supposed to think. So and it's, it's also a way to look like you as in terms of like leadership that you're making, like you're doing such a great job as a leader instead of like actually taking real, you know, taking care of real issues. It's like you can, if you can cancel one cartoon character from the past once one every week for the next you know, 104 weeks, well, you just can say, look at all we've done over the last two years <laughs> with our administration because we canceled all these evil things from the past. It's like, how about everyone, when it comes to like Dr. Suits and all this stuff, let's just cancel everything right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of this slow drip, like let's just get rid of everything. We agree with you. We're not even going to fight you on this. We cancel everything <laughs> in one week. Now in week two, what are you doing as an administration? And well, you know, so sometimes I think it's good to like, instead of all, I think there's as much, like, don't you think sometimes that the resistance is what they want? It's what they need. They Absolutely. need, the, they need people getting riled up. Mm-hmm. And that's when you talk about the idea of detachment, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think that, even the idea of loosh as well, yeah. like it's, it's yep. just conjuring up, getting riled up, even the phrase riled up, you know, right. mm-hmm. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Connor. Uh, no, good. No, it's good. I think, but I was just, 
Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's a distraction method and yep. some, you know, it's just. Yeah. I, mean, exa- I yeah. think if they did what you said, Conrad, and we just took everything <laughs> out at one time, they, they wouldn't have anything to complain about. You know, think- if they do it in little increments, it's just constant people living in a negative mindset. You know, I mean, I don't know if it's a right comparison, but look at what's going on right now. They, everyone was starting to let COVID fall off. Oh, the vaccines are rolling out everything. And now mass shootings are back, back hot and ready going. It's like, you know, Shocking. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Predicted right. That. <laughs> then I think too, like when it comes to deleting things because they were yeah. wrong, it's like, well, then where's the learning moment? We can yes. look back at things and say, hey, look how far we've come. Like, wow. Instead of having to delete it and take it off. And so I think there's, we're missing like out on the learning moment when we cancel things. And at the end of the day, we are not perfect human beings and right. everybody needs grace. You gave, you know, you're giving grace. We're all, we're all giving grace. We've all made made mistakes. And so where, instead of having, instead of canceling people's livelihoods for making a mistake, like I think the learning moment should be, Hey, like, I'm sorry, you're sorry, I've learned, and this is what I'm going to do better. I think yeah. that's super important. Everyone is living out their own scripts. And so you can't you can't get so upset on what people are doing out there in the world. Yeah. Because if you're out there and you're getting upset at every single human being and you're, you know, getting really riled up and you're investing in the manufactured hate, chances are there's a lot of things on the inside that need to be taken care of. And, and, you know, and that's, you know, we talk about the external versus the internal, you know, you can't just like, even going back to like my Bible college days way back in the day. Wait, you went to Bible college? Yeah, that's, that's a whole nother story for a different day. Yeah, I, I was, I, I was raised in a pretty conservative Christian family. Um, okay. I, I was going to be a preacher and then I dropped out my senior year and that was eons ago. But um, I wish that that was in my, my intro for you. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I totally just Pastor drop out. Say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, <laughs> um, it was just, but the idea of like the fully formed, yeah, there has to be room for individuals to make mistakes, to grow. And it goes back to this idea that's like society has decided that we need to be fully formed, finished products. And the conversation has to already be perfectly planned. And, ra- and it takes away the randomness. Mm-hmm. It takes away the journey. It takes away that creative spark. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's like when you talk about artificial intelligence, when you talk about algorithm control, maybe that's as simple as it is. It's just turning people into robots, even if they're robots that are politically correct and right and make no mistakes. It still takes away from the spice of life. Who, uh, who do you think is yeah. in control of uh, how they decide who they're going to cancel next? Yeah. I, look at, I mean, you know, some people would say every moment is completely like how did, the, out how did the Dr. Seuss thing or the Pepe Le Pew, like how did that just, who right. was someone just watching Pepe Le Pew and was like, oh, this is it. No, I, I think, I think that that slow drip drip is exactly what it is. So it's just, like they have a hundred, they have a hundred characters from the past that they can, you know, when, when they're, when their curating goes down for a day, they're like, what can we do? That's meaningless. That is free. That doesn't take away from anything we're stealing from people. And they can make us look like we are, you know, social justice heroes. I need, I need to find out who it is and get in contact with them. Cause <laughs> this, <laughs> this weekend we were at a buddy's house and late night we're rewatching a uh, tropic thunder and hadn't watched it in forever. Oh, yeah. And we're yeah. cracking up at <laughs> 
when Ben Stiller I, is I, Simple I, Jack. <laughs> I go, I go. Imagine being the person responsible for getting Ben Stiller for, for canceled yeah. for, for Simple Jack. <laughs> I think I think the I think the revolution truly begins when they when they try to cancel the office. Once oh. they try to when they go for the office, that's when people will finally wake if up. If they go if they go for my guy Larry David, I will go after him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's uncancelable. Do you wanna um pimp yourself out? <laughs> uh all right, so you know, we mentioned the group meditations. So if you follow me on Instagram at Conrad G three one five or Twitter, I'm actually busier on Twitter now in the past few months. This is Conrad Gardapi. That's my whole name. So good luck with spelling that. Um, I'll post on my stories, my walls, like when we do group meditations. So if you want to join us, it's on Zoom. It's free, and it's just a, an opportunity for people to experience community across the world and then be able to share your thoughts in an open forum without judgment. Um, and then, yeah, I have my podcast, which is just called Conrad. That's because I could never came up with a name for it. So it's just kind of stuck. And now people are just calling me Conrad. So I'm rolling with it. <laughs> um, and the podcast is very similar to this podcast. It's just people exploring, you know, trying to figure this all out and do it in a fresh way that isn't controlled by the narrative. And yeah, and I wrote a book, Lucid Sacred Dreams. And that's sort of the, um, it's a novelization of my awakening. So it's up to the reader to decide what was what did happen and what didn't. And it's kind of a, it's up to, you know, where you are in your own level of awareness will make your own determinations and what you feel is true. And that's how I wrote it. <laughs> that's awesome. I like that concept. That's awesome. I'll also make sure that all of the links are in the show notes as well. So you can access them below. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening to Matrix Assassins. You can find us at Instagram at Matrix Assassins, and we will shortly be on all major platforms. Beautiful. <laughs> Please be true. In other words, I love you. Ha, 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 ha,